Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review. I'm your host, Wim Liu. Join my producer and co-host, Alex Wong, after a uh, truly uh, sad weekend for Raptors basketball where they lose to, uh, you know, to, I wouldn't say tanking specifically teams because the Pacers are 500, but um, yeah. Not not a great weekend for Raptors basketball. However, we have a lot to look forward to tonight, including a game against the Detroit Pistons. Um, so, yeah. Alex, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. Watched a lot of great things over the weekend. Uh, you know, finished season two of Reservation Dogs, okay. which I know is one of our favorite TV shows. Absolutely. You know, went to the Real Asian Film Festival yesterday, watched mm-hmm. a documentary, Grizzly Truth. Yep. Watched a Licorice Pizza. Um, you know, that's, that's a, our friend Arun's favorite movie, I believe. Yeah. 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 And then I had to watch two Raptors games. Oh, okay. So, so you're saying the Raptor games tough. were the, the toughest parts of the weekend for you? Yeah, it was tough. Uh, I was really concerned, you know, after the no-show in, in OKC. Like, yeah. it just, I don't know. Like, it was just very uncharacteristic. It just felt more concerning than just, like, a single loss to me. I don't know if you felt the same way. Um, I mean, OKC's, what, had eight guys scoring double digits. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raptors lose pretty much across the board. Points off turnovers, second-chance points, <laughs> fast-break yeah. points. Uh, Shea cooked us. You know, not even for the whole game, just for the third quarter, because the rest of the game you didn't really need to. They gave up 70 in the first half. Gave up 70 in the first half. You know what it felt like? It felt like a Raptors-Pistons game. No, but, no, I was generally concerned. Like, I just didn't understand why there was no energy coming from that team. I agree with you. I agree with you. Right. Because um, the, the thing is, like, obviously, you know, just like any other team, you need the Raptors to play hard. But the Raptors are specifically built to be young and very athletic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, part of their advantage is how much harder they can play than their opponents usually mm-hmm. right um then you throw on the fact that pascal was out fred did not look right in that game and ultimately has not played since um he's got that uh non-covid illness um and so yeah like it, it was just a rough one um and you hope for a response against indiana which to be honest i mean I, i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this but like they did respond they just couldn't sustain yeah i, I guess i'm less upset about the the indiana game because, you know, they played really well in the first half. Yeah. And, you know, second night of a back-to-back, things just let things slip away there in, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. But, oh, I mean, slip away is an understatement. They lost the fourth <laughs> quarter 36-14. to 14. Yeah, but my thing is, like, even going back to their win against Houston last week, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you look at this part of the schedule, you knew you didn't have Pascal, and then you were going to be without Fred, too, once he left against OKC and he wasn't in the lineup on, yep. on Saturday. But you're playing against... Like, listen, I think Indiana's a pretty talented team. I know OKC's got talent, too. But, like, you know, when you look at the schedule, Houston, OKC, Indiana, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, you expect mm-hmm. that these are the games that you can get, even if your best player is out. And, like, I wasn't that impressed even in their win over Houston. No, that we, I think right? you, you called it your, your least favorite game of the yeah, year. Yeah, and if they were playing against a half-competent team that was actually trying to win, I think that's, like, a 20-point loss to, like, a half-decent team, right? So I just think, I just think the overall trends are concerning mm-hmm. with just their effort level, and I think it goes back to just, like, role definition and stuff. And, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about Scotty, and it's not to put all the blame on Scotty, but I think, like, when you have that level of talent when you're coming off a Rookie of the Year season... It reminds me of what, like, Charles Barkley said about Kevin Durant recently that I heard on podcasts is that when you are, like, labeled as a star player or a potential star player, 
you know, the the bad is going to come with the good, right? Like yeah. we celebrate yeah. everything that's great about Scotty. And even in the games that he's played terrible, he's had these moments where, you know, he'll have that monster dunk over Nick Vucevic or he'll have five possessions where he's just backing down smaller defenders and you can see the Josh aggression, Judy. right? Yeah. But I think overall, it's been a, a disappointing start with him. And people want to point to he's potentially playing through injury. Well, as long as the team, and, uh, you know, I know we can't really trust the Raptors sometimes when it comes to injuries. But Nick came out and said last week that there's no no injury concerns with Scotty, right? So he said gonna, there's nothing physically that should be hindering him. Right. He's got bumps and bruises. Right. Like so everybody. we're going to take their word for said. it. Yeah. So I, I think overall, it's just been disappointing second year. Like you expect a young player to go through their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But what's bothering me more is just like body language. Just like energy level. Because this is the basic stuff that I think Scotty brings to the table, right? And yeah. I just see him complaining to the refs all the time. Even like basic stuff like that. Like, Look, I hear you on all this. You know what? And and to be honest, I think on this program, um, whether it's like us doing the Raptor show or the React pod, like we have kind of covered essentially what's what hasn't necessarily been there for him. And I think what you're trying to say is like you're trying to see what he did at moments last year, right? The, the Raptors are super short-handed. They go play Brooklyn, and Scotty has 28 points on 12 of 14 shooting. You know, um, Raptors playing the Lakers, he has 31 points and 17 rebounds and six assists. And LeBron says, yo, I saw Scotty Barnes as, as as an infant, and I knew he was going <laughs> to score in the NBA and, and win Rookie of the Year. It's like I knew one day I was going to throw the ball off his head as <laughs> oh, I was man. jumping out of bounds well, why did LeBron for no play? reason. No, I mean, he was trying to save the ball, but also that, that, that was really By harsh. the way, tune in November 28th, man. Benedict Matherin against LeBron. Yeah. Oh, I can't There's wait. definitely going to be an inadvertent elbow at some point. I, I'm happy the Pacers have a, a, a second coming of Lance Stevenson. Oh, man. But, but he's, he's better than Lance, but, you know, same kind of vibe. Um you know, he had a 27-point game against Washington, 12 of 19 shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, against Boston, when the Raptors won by 30, he had 25 and 13, right? That was uh, his second NBA game. So, you know, I think those are the kind of performances that you would hope to have seen. And to be honest, that might have been the only way the Raptors could have won some of those games, especially the Indiana game without Fred, without Pascal, with Gary just, like, shooting one for 13. And afterwards, now he's ruled out with an injury. It makes sense um, how bad he was in that game. Essentially, you're short three starters. Um, you needed Scotty to sort of step up and fill the the role of two guys. Uh, even if that's unfair, I think that's what it probably would have taken to ultimately win some of those games, and it just didn't happen. And, but I think again, like we've covered that on the show like repeatedly. Um, so I, I think for me, just thinking about it, it just as a fresh way to talk about this, like how do we get Scotty Barnes back on track, right? Because to me, that's like. Yeah, I see the frustration too. I think it, you see it on TV all the time, the complaining to the officials. You know, he's throwing his hands up at, at his teammates sometimes when there's a defensive breakdown. Um, you know, his defense is, is bad at times. It's one play where his, he had his back turned um, to the shooter as, uh, you know, somebody that he was guarding pop free for three. It might not necessarily be only him. It's one of those, like, uh, defensive breakdowns that the Raptors have from time to time. But, you know, it, it's it's... It's not ideal. So the point is, like, yes, he's underperforming. Um, yes, he's not necessarily scaling up his production. Maybe the ankle is is, is hurting him. To be honest, I, I wouldn't even be surprised. I mean, he does, like, grab at the ankle, like, a decent amount. Um, but at the same time, it's like, how do we get him on track? I think that's the conversation that both the fans and probably the, the coaching staff is looking to have right now. Yeah, and I almost feel like, you know, we talk about role definition all the time. I almost feel like I don't know at this point right now if it makes sense to get him back on track to really just give him a more defined role. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think like we mentioned last week, 
you know, he's always been like a freelancer to me in terms of he's got, you know, all this skill. So you just let him kind of go on the court yep. and do these different things on the offensive end. Yep. Whereas maybe there's a tug and pull between him as a creator and him as a scorer. Mm-hmm. And you see that during games, right? Like, I think he's yeah. always looking to create. And sometimes that's why you see in the first half of these games, you don't see him on the stat sheet in terms of just scoring. And, and then you'll see occasional spurts, like in, in, in the third quarter, I think against OKC, you know, when he started getting into low posts. And, and it just seems like nothing, it seems like nothing he's doing, even when he's scoring, is kind of within the flow of the game. Like there has to be like an extra kind of emphasis for him to do those things. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like on the coaches to, to say that like, hey, this is the role that we want you in right now. So then maybe that will help him just kind of narrow that focus to what he is supposed to contribute, like the main things that he's supposed to bring to the table on the court. Yeah. No, I, and to be clear, I think you see experienced players like struggle with this too. Like, mm. um, you know, because essentially they're asking Scotty to be the playmaker right now and without your point guard and that without uh, Pascal, who's leading the team in assists. Uh, you're asking him to also be the scorer and the finisher in a lot of sequences as well. A lot of these are self-generated. You're asking him to sort of play in different scenarios, whether that's pick and roll or on the block or ISO or whatever. So, like, I, I see that confusion. And, you know, even when you watch, like, this is a wild comparison, but, you know, when you watch even the Lakers at the start of the year, I was like, there are certain lineups where the Lakers want LeBron to be the rebounder, the passer, the scorer, the defender, the fast break outlet. Like, they want him to do every, everything on the floor. And it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that with sort of where the Raptors are at in terms of needing from Scotty. And obviously he's coming up a lot short, even if like LeBron's coming up a short on those expectations. I think, you know, I think they're 0 and 10 with LeBron in the lineup this season. Yeah. That's not a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. He just looks kind of miserable. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, these are things that'll happen, but I, I think I agree with you. Like getting him back on track. I think you really need to be very clear in terms of like, what are some things that we'd like to see from you, but what are some things that are non-negotiable, right? Mm-hmm. Like non-negotiables, you need to have these things every single game. And then the rest of those are like, ideally, you can sort of add those things in. When you're in a rhythm, you can start doing some of this stuff because then it really sort of pushes up over the top. And for me, this is what I have for non-negotials. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Focus on defense, right? Like, I I mean, like, not just like not make any mistakes defensive. I mean, like, focus on the defensive end, right? Like, Mm -hmm. not like losing track of your man, not uh, blaming your teammate, not, not, you know, like, you know, uh, making all the right rotations. Just the focus on defense needs to be there all the time, right? And it's one of those things where bad offense can't bleed into your bad defense. Uh, number thing, two thing for me is the rebounding effort has to be strong consistently, right? Um, Pascal was your leading rebounder. Uh, with him out of the lineup, the Raptors are giving up a lot more offensive rebounds. Um, you know, you need somebody to get in there and vacuum up these rebounds. And I've seen Scotty have like 17 rebound games, right? So yeah, again, you need him there. Also, by the way, Precious is out. So another big rebounder for you. Um, the, my third non-negotiable is getting into the paint, like touching the paint, like whether that's off the pick and roll where he's able to, you know, shed his defender on the screen and then touch the paint. Um, or if he's on the block and, and, and facing up or backing down, touching the paint, like either way, he needs to get into the paint because there's nobody else on the Raptors healthy right now that can do that on a consistent basis. So they need this from him. And then the fourth thing is just con- continuing to make the right pass, which I actually don't ever, ever worry about with him. He is like naturally unselfish. And I thought even against the game against Indiana, like there were four plays where he passed it directly to a guy who got fouled. So those aren't assists, right? He only had five, but that's like four plays that he made the pass to where the Raptors immediately scored. And then there were a couple of missed threes. So it could have been another night where, again, Raptors don't shoot seven of 35 from three. He might have more assists, but I'm not worried about the, the passing. Those are the non-negotiables. Focusing on defense, of uh, 
securing the, the, the rebounding, getting into the paint time and time again, and then making the right passes. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think a lot of these things go back to just like uh, like attention to detail, just attention to detail and just a, a particular focus yeah. when, when it comes to approaching every game the same way. And listen, I don't, I don't sit here and think that like Scotty's the biggest problem with the team. Um, you know, I think if no, you're, no, I think he's far from it. I think way. if you were to ask me, like just fundamentally, I would just tell you that you know, I think this this stretch is you know making me realize just how important Pascal is to this team, right? Like, okay, like I wouldn't like to to me, he's just as important as say if you remove like I don't know, like Steph Curry from the Warriors. I'm not saying they're the similar level player if you want to compare them one to one. Right, but, but think it's about like, the contributions, right? Yeah, you can't take the the player that the system is built around. Yeah, like he was the you center. He was the that. center of all of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think that really is the 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 key to all the problems. That doesn't remove the concern that you know we're not getting a lot from like the rest of the roster. Mm-hmm. And I think Scotty's just getting the spotlight because, like I said at, at the very beginning, like he's the easiest path to the Raptors uh, winning again and contending again, and like he's got clearly the highest ceiling. Of, of any player on this team and that's why there's these expectations on them yeah like we could be breaking down all of our players like a lot of the players about these things yeah yeah. yeah. but it's just that scotty has shown us flashes of, of all this right sure yeah so like i think we should come expect him but i think i gotta remind myself too sometimes like he's 21 he's in his second year and we always said last year too that like you know the development thing is never linear and stuff and you're gonna go through your ups and downs right yeah, yeah. so if anything like i just want to see how he responds to this tough stretch because this is really the first time I think in his career here with the Raptors where he's probably had the spotlight on him like this and conversations like this. Yeah, and I think I think it's very important that you said having the spotlight on him like this because he's had like cold stretches in his career before, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've seen moments last year. There was like a three-game stretch where he didn't uh, didn't attempt more than ten field goals. Um, let me just check this quick stretch here. He was injured during this time, but there was like a seven-game period where he scored ten points a game, shot thirty-six percent from the field, shot twenty percent from three. This past six games here for Scotty, he is shooting uh, 34% from the field, 20% from three, and averaging 12 points, right? So it's mm-hmm. like we, we've seen sort of this come and go with him. And to be honest, again, like we can also be honest about the fact that his scoring skill set is not diverse enough right now for him to be a consistent scorer game mm-hmm. after game, right? There are only certain things that he does on a consistent basis, and you know, getting him at the basket to score is something where defenses can come over and really show a crowd and you know, obviously you hope that his passing can sort of unlock that. But then again, if the Raptors shoot 20% from three, they're going to keep doubling him. It's going to be hard for him to score. Um, but I agree with you. Like, I, I think that, you know, we do need to expect a reasonable amount from him at the current moment. But again, it just just like with any other player, though, it's like expectations are just one thing. But, you know, you got to focus on what the coach is asking you to do. Um, and just trying to serve that role as much as anything else. I'm sure it's, like, hard to, like, live up to expectations all the time. There's a great quote from Thad Young that he said after the game uh, against Indiana where he was, he was asked about Scott, and he said, you know, like, I've seen the sophomore slump happen, right? Um, defense is sort of, like, um, adjust to you and, and all this other stuff, but realistically, it's all on you. Like, you know, Scotty puts a lot of pressure on himself to be great, and that's really heavy, but at the same time, that's what's going to make him great in the long run. I think like that's that's very true, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, these things are very complicated. But at, at the end of the day, you just got to do what you're being tasked to do. His role right now is to be very focused on defense, rebound the ball, get into the paint, and make the right pass. It 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 doesn't have to be more complex than that at the moment. And then, of course, there are things you like to have. Like obviously, if you can like um, go one on one and score consistently, that'd be great. 
Some games we see that happen. Some games mm-hmm. we don't. And then some games he's knocked down a lot of threes. Like we saw that one game against Atlanta where he knocked down five threes. Some games he doesn't, right? But we also know that that's sort of come and go. So those are like-to-haves. But as long as he does those four things, I don't think anyone necessarily should be disappointed from him at the moment. Yeah, and I think right now it's probably best if you just simplify things and just ask him to focus on the things that you that you mentioned, right? Okay, so which so in terms of the roles, do you yeah. want him which which role do you want him to focus on for tonight's game, for example? Uh, I think I I want honestly I want it to start just on the defensive end, like the defensive end okay. and the rebounding yeah. effort that you mentioned, right? Because yeah. the way I look at this overall Raptors team too, and I love like the contributions that Thaddeus Young and Otto Porter Jr. have brought to the team, yeah. but like they're supposed to be complementary pieces. Yeah. And I feel like in these games, like Nick is actually going to them to kind of have them set the tone. And that shouldn't be it because you have a really young athletic team. You talk about this team filled with like six, nine players, you know, with their wingspans and stuff like that should be the identity of this team, right? They should be like a youthful energetic team plays hard yeah plays hard gets out on the break we've seen them like break those fast break records mm-hmm. in those games against atlanta and san antonio i don't expect to, that to happen every night like depending on the opposition and how the defense plays you but like that should be the hallmark of this team right yeah and i think scotty can lead the way in that i look at a player like chris boucher mm-hmm. like even in the losses over the weekend oh, he, he's the lone bright spot to come yeah. well, actually i guess that young as well but yeah, yeah like like i see the energy that chris is bringing Yes. to the game, right? And he's hustling his way to, like, 20 points and, like, 12 rebounds. Yeah, and again, like, the key word there is hustling. They're not calling mm-hmm. him any plays for, yeah. for, for Chris Boucher, but he comes in, he plays hard, and mm-hmm. there's no doubt that he's going to play hard, right? Yeah. That's what you admire about him. It's just like, you know what? Not everything's going to come off. He might not necessarily take that charge. It might be mm-hmm. a block. He might not necessarily, you know, uh, make every three, but, like, y- you know for sure that he's going to get on the glass. And those are things that a lot of other guys can be doing. Right, like when some of these third unit guys or second unit guys come in and they're not energetic, it baffles me. Mm-hmm. Right, this is your one chance to to play this week, this month, maybe. Right, like what can you do with it? Um, so that was more against the OKC game. At, at least in the Pacers game, we saw a little bit of Malachi coming to life, a little bit of Delano coming to life, which was nice to see. We're gonna need more of that, but also we can also be realistic with all these injuries right now. And by the way, Gary Trent Jr. has now been added to the injury list. He's got a sore left hip or something like that. Um, the way the Raptors are going to win any games during this stretch with this many absences to this many key players is by locking down on defense. Like, if the Raptors score over 100 points tonight, you, you know what? <laughs> that should be that should be a win on its own. But, like, you know, that's where your defense needs to be super, super locked in um, because that's how you're going to grind out these results. Yeah. No, I think I'm okay with the team losing ga- losing some games, especially with Pascal out. Just not losing the way that you lost to OKC. Yeah, you just can't you, have those efforts and like eight guys in double digits for no, OKC, but like, man. Most people can't name eight guys on OKC. But like you already had that. Um, well, I mean, you know, the second game against the Sixers. I mean, you guys just yep. tip your cap, cap off to to um, your no, guy, not a Tyrese Maxey. No, 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 no. no. Um, it's got to treat him like Voldemort. No, he's Voldemort um, to me, man. <laughs> but you know, like you can only have so many of those during the season, especially you knowing that Pascal is out and Fred is out. Like, there's a talent discrepancy on the court already. Like, you're only going to win by, like, outworking and out-hustling the other team. Yep. And I think against competition like a OKC, like an Indiana, and like a Detroit tonight, they're going to be without Kate Cunningham. Like, that's your path to winning, right? Yep. Like, you're not... And if, you know, if you play hard and you lose because, you know, the other team just beats you with their shot-making or whatever, I'm okay with it. I'm just not okay with them losing for, for their lack of effort. That should never happen with the team. 
No, exactly. Like the Raptors should be a try hard team. Yeah, and they like, haven't been trying it's, hard it's in a lot insult. of stretches this season. Like it's yeah. I don't know. It's concerning to me. Well, they tried I don't want to sound Indiana. the alarms just, or anything. But, no, they tried against the end. They just had no like offense at all, man. They got <sighs> outshot nineteen to seven at the three point line. I haven't seen that happen since <laughs> Raptors uh Cavs. Remember when the Raptors would play the Cavs in the playoffs? I mean, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be like, it's oh. It's like J.R. Smith, 79% in the series. Yo, that's an three. actual stat, man. <laughs> this guy brought home a calculus score, man. Oh, man. <laughs> he got 79%. This guy came home with a B-plus in three-point <laughs> shooting. Insane, man. Anyway. Yeah, so that's all, that's all I want to see tonight, man. Okay. Like like all you right. mentioned, they're without Fred. They're without Gary, without Pascal. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. three starters. Yep. Precious is out. Yep. Kem is questionable. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of players just in general on the roster. Like, <laughs> no, like, yeah, actually, hold on. I, I actually what, did compile this. Is um, Malachi starting tonight? What's going on? Uh, it's very curious to see who Nick starts, to be honest. Okay, so uh, this is within the first month of the season happening. Yeah. Pascal's injured his groin. Fred injured his back and also has missed the last two games due to illness. Scotty hurt his ankle. Gary's now hurt his hip. Precious, you know, hurt his ankle. He's going to be out for weeks. Chris Boucher uh, started the season late because of the hamstring. Otto Porter had a hamstring issue. He also missed, I think, one or two games because mm-hmm. of the birth of a child, which is congrats to him once again. Um, Kem has missed time with the knee, and Malachi is wearing a mask still because he got elbowed yeah. in the face. Okay. Yeah. It's nine guys. No, it's been tough, the injuries. And I'm telling you, man, it goes back to, like, starting in the Tampa year too, man. It's Tampa year. Last year, too, they dealt with a lot of injuries, right? Last I mean, obviously year they dealt Pascal with injuries, but it was, like, one or two at a time like yeah this in, in this cluster is bad even in the tampa season they had injuries too like but it was it was a scenario where you know they were in tampa and they were tanking and you couldn't really tell if guys were going to come back because of they wanted to tank yeah. or whatever or and there was also a bunch of covid outbreaks on the team at that moment so there was like a lot of games that were played where they had seven guys um but it wasn't like this these are all just like assorted injuries happening all at once yeah, listen, man. If Scotty Barnes is your first star on the React Pod tonight, it means the Raptors have pulled off the victory. If it's Juancho Hernan Gomez, it means uh, the doing crazy <laughs> curse continues. We have a please whole... pull up your three stars from Friday against OKC. It was hilarious. Uh, if, I, if I remember off the top of my head, <laughs> I saw Juancho. I think Chris Boucher was, was number one for sure because he had a twenty and twelve. Yeah. Um, I think Juancho was second. Did Malachi and Malachi was third. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a tough stretch. If man. you miss the Raptors games, just check the check the episode description on the React Pod for the three stars. <laughs> it generally will tell you a lot. Whether or not you want to listen to it, you it's just like, got to see the three stars. Yeah, just play a stream. It's like what Doc Rivers third star. <laughs> that was unprecedented. <laughs> Why yeah. did you do that? I opened. I opened the. I opened the door on that. No, no, you opened your third eye on that one. <laughs> oh, anyways, we're gonna call Alvin Williams. Um, after the break. Yes. But just wanted to quickly mention, I know you just promoted on your social. So our next, um, we have a live charity event on Monday, December 12th at yes. Revival on College with um, special guest Chris Boucher. So um, if you want to grab tickets, you can grab them at uh, willu.eventbrite.ca. It's right. also on our socials if you want to grab. Uh, yeah, that's the easiest part is just to, to, to look at my Twitter, look for the pinned tweet. You'll see it there. Yeah, and the tickets. And the tickets will include food at the event, raffle ticket. We've got a lot of cool prize giveaways Lots people, of that, cool people prize that came giveaways. to our last live event it'll be similar vibes and we're donating all of the proceeds to uh chris's foundation the yeah. slim duck foundation he does yeah. a lot of great stuff with the youth in montreal and other things so yeah it's and, just something that we always want to want, want to do as part of like this platform and stuff you know absolutely i think that's a that's the coolest thing you know even going back to 
you know, uh, us last night at the Real Asian um, Film Festival, Toronto Real Asian Film Festival, and watching The Grizzly Truth, um, you know, uh, that documentary really highlighted, like, what the community can do for uh, a city, especially through sports. Um, and that's kind of all, like, that's the bigger goal that I've wanted to do with this program for a long, long time. And so this is, like, one of those initiatives where, you know, we can we have that audience, we can bring people together, we can, you know, because it's, it's for Raptor fans, like, where do you really gather outside of going to Raptor games, mm. which are fairly inaccessible for a lot of people to go to, especially in the city, where can you go to, to meet other Raptor fans to sort of, like, make friends, be part of the community in person? There's online communities, but there's in-person communities. Um, and then how do we do that in a way where we can come together and actually like create positive social change? Mm. And it's cool that we're able to do this with Chris, um, you know, obviously, uh, the, the storyline with Chris, the redemption story arc is like, it's it's complete. Like, this is amazing when you really think about it. Yeah, just um, be cool for the next three weeks. That's right. right. No, yeah. Chris uh, Chris Please. Boucher is the first star tonight, actually, Please. no matter what happens. Yeah. Um, sponsored. It's gonna be, Your three stars are going to be sponsored. Sponsored by Slim Jim. Um, <laughs> oh, man. No, but seriously, though, like, it's uh, it's cool to, you know, work with his foundation. And, and yeah. you know, like, you know, uh, we, the two of us spent a ton of time in Montreal. Yeah, you know, no, and yeah. no, no, like, you know, we always joke. Right. I mean, I guess only I joke about generational wealth, but like, it's not a joke. Um, But like, we, we always talk <laughs> about, to make it clear. No, like we, we always in agreement on doing these events, not yeah. to just like put more money in our own pockets. You know no, what legit, I mean? You, like, and that, I actually, you're, you and I are actually pocketing zero dollars. Yeah, we're pocketing zero from this. And like, we're, you know, we want to, we want to use these platforms and these events uh, as a way to just give back in any small way that we can. So we'd love to see you there, willu.eventbrite.ca. It's limited capacity events, so grab your tickets. Yeah. And honestly, hope to see, like, it was so cool last time just, like, meeting meeting a lot of the, you know, obviously the Raptor Show listeners and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people follow you from way back and stuff, which is super cool. Yeah. And by the way, last time there was a lineup around the block and we sold out tickets in a day, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not saying so, that this will happen here, but ideally it happens here, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Price of the brick went up, so. I mean, it's yeah. all for charity. It's all for again, charity. Once again. And again, food will be there, giveaway prizes. Yeah, it'll be cool. No, it's been great. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and call Alvin Williams. Uh, but I've been your host, Will Lou. That's Alex Wong. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Lou. Uh, joining us for the second segment is uh, Alvin Williams, Sportsnet teammate, Raptors point guard of the past. Alvin, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well, Alvin. Um, so the discussion we were having in the top of the hour here was about Scotty Barnes and sort of how to get him back on track. I, I just think to start here with you, um, you got to see him super up close. You're obviously on the road. You're, you're watching him warm up and, and sort of how he's handling himself. 
on the floor and obviously us at home, we're kind of just seeing what, you know, the broadcast is showing us. But what are you seeing from Scotty Barnes right now? Sort of like what what are some of the things that he's been struggling with and how has his demeanor been during this stretch? I mean, his demeanor has been cool. I don't, I don't know Scotty that well, but I don't know him. I don't know him at all, but um, his play has just been, you know, it seems like he's trying to figure out how to be impactful. It seems like he's trying to find a balance from being an out, taking an outside shot, then being aggressive going to the rim and, you know, being a playmaker. I know there's a lot of talk about his usage rating last year compared to, you know, a player of that talent or that magnitude should he be used more. And now he's going to get that opportunity, and he's getting that opportunity. I think it's about finding his balance. And I think emotionally he has to uh, settle in. I think I, I'm watching him a little more. He He's more emotionally involved with, like, referees and certain plays. And I think when you get to this point of your career, you know, your second year and the expectations are higher, sometimes you put a lot more pressure on yourself to do to do more. You want to do more. You know you can do more. And it's about finding out how you can be most effective in that in that role. So I think all of these things are playing a toll. But he's talented enough and he has the ability to, to, to figure it all out, which is, this is just all part of the learning process. Yeah, Alvin, you know, the other thing we were talking about, too, was, you know, obviously with Scotty's skill set, he can do so much on the floor, as especially on the offensive end, as like a creator, as a scorer. Do you think in a situa- situation like this where he might be going through some struggles now for the first time in his NBA career, that it would benefit him if they if the Raptors kind of de- like had a more defined role for him in terms of what they wanted out of him on the offensive end? I mean, I think you grow into that. You know, he's one of those type of players that, you know, defensively he can guard multiple positions. Offensively he can handle the ball. You can run the offense through him. He he can he can get his own offense without plays being called for him. And I think that's the that's the uniqueness of this team where you have so many players that have, you know, similar games, similar stature. And it's it's hard for a coach when you when you don't have necessarily a role for a guy and multiple guys have similar roles. So it's really a, how do you put all of those together? As much as that's a luxury when you have guys that can do handle the ball, shoot the ball, create for themselves and others, it's still to your point, sometimes it get confusing when a lot of the guys can't figure out when to do what they are best at. But I think a player like Scotty, his role will, will fluctuate. His role is not going to – he's not going to be one thing. So I think, it's once again, it's about him finding that balance and then using his strength and on a consistent basis. It's, it's all about being consistent, right, when, when you get to this phase of your career. Yeah, Alvin, I, I think um... – you know, um, Thad Young said it after the game, um, you know, players sometimes go through the sophomore slump. They can kind of hit you at certain points. I think just the, the idea of slumps in general for an athlete, like, um, first off, like, how do you, like, does, does the athlete know immediately that they're in a slump? And sort of, like, what are some of the things that, you know, you have seen either with yourself or with, with some of your teammates, some tips as to, like, how to break out of a slump? Because I got I to think that's got to be the worst feeling ever for an athlete. I mean, I think the slump is psychological more than anything. You're going to have your ups and downs physically. Some days you're not, you're not going to feel as great. Some days the shot's not going to go in. Some days it's just not your day. But psychologically, when you start thinking or overthinking or losing confidence, that's where the slump comes in. So hmm. the best players, when they have those, those days where they're not shooting the ball well, it doesn't stay like that, right? 
they they get out of there mentally. They, you know, they'll they'll create, they'll get to the foul line, they'll do something defensively. So they'll always have an impact on the game. A lot of times as fans and spectators, what we do, we notice those things and we notice the trend. But a player truly, they don't really stay in that, that mind space. If they stay in that mind space, then that, that's trouble. So once again, someone like Scotty who who's figuring these things out, who's in a role now where with a, without a Pascal or Fred in the game, he has to be the point guard. I mean, I'm watching him jump ball, and then I'm watching him go back and get the ball and run the offense after the <laughs> jump is won. So he has a lot of – that's like Magic Johnson type of stuff. So he has a lot of things that he has to think about. He has to get other people involved. He has to, he has to be aggressive. So mentally, he can't go in that space of being in a slump because he's always going to have an imprint on the game. Mm. I mean, there are such a things as sophomore slumps and all that type of stuff, but I think that's more for the imagination than it, than it truly comes to play. Yeah, and, and for you personally too, Alvin, you know, when you came to the Raptors, you're obviously uh, very early on in your career, and, you know, this was a pretty, like, there's a lot of vets in that locker room uh, for a long period of time that, that you, were, you were here and I'm thinking about yep, just, yep. like, the Raptors now having guys like Thaddeus Young, um, Otto Porter Jr., you know, Fred. You know, Fred always, you know, treats himself like a 35-year-old vet. Like, like how important is it to just have those guys um, to, to be speaking to Scotty and kind of just pointing these things out to him as, as he's trying to work through this? Oh, man, it's very important. Like, you can't put a value on that. When you have a Thaddeus Young that can lead a huddle, that can orchestrate, and then also can still play. That's very valuable because he's been through it. You know, that that has been somebody who who's played in the inside position as an undersized guy whose role changed a lot. You know, he was one of those first guys where you you have a smaller format. You know, he's he's guarding fours and making fours guard guard him, which created matchup problems early in his career. And for him to be somebody on the team that has so much knowledge, still has game. That those people in the locker room are are so valuable that I mean that that's that's a coach's dream to have those players and they can talk them talk to other players through these situations on and off the court. So that that it's very important to your point. I had a lot of vets. Right? You know, we had we had a team full of vets, and then we had Vince Carter and Jason McGrady and a couple of younger guys. But those guys, they will walk us, talk us through it, put us in situations. They will hold us accountable. And that's the other thing as well. The biggest thing that the vets did for us, they held us accountable. They made sure that we knew we learned from our mistakes. They would call us out on our mistakes. They would make sure we did extra. They would make sure there were, weren't any days off. And they would get, they would get in our stuff if, if need be. So it was, it was nothing for a soft-hearted person in that locker room because we had some hard-nosed veteran guys that are going to hold us to the fire. And I think that's always important as well for a young player. A young player should not come into the league feeling entitled or feeling like they can do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. They have to answer to somebody. And hopefully the Raptors do have that, you know, in that locker room. Yeah, and Alvin, I, I'm curious, like, is it easier to receive some of these messages from a, an older teammate versus, like, receiving it from the coaching staff? Because I think some people will argue, like, well, isn't that sort of partial, part of the reason, you know, you have coaches, right, to, to hold guys accountable to make some of these decisions. But at the same time, you know, is it a little bit differently to receive it from uh, an, a Wiley vet who's done it for a long time in their careers versus, like, you know, a head coach? You know, I mean, it's a balance. For me, when I was playing, I always had the respect. 
I respected the elders. I respected the coaches. I respected authority, right? The, the, today's, the younger players today, they don't come from the same background as we came from. Came from. You know, a lot of the younger players in the league is so much younger. It, the peers are younger. And the veteran guys are even 25 years old. Like you said, Fred, he's young to me, and he's carrying himself like a 35-year-old guy. But even the vets are, are, are young guys, so to speak. And a coach, when, when, when you hear the coach's voice a lot, Sometimes the worst thing, your player will tune a coach out. So a coach has to find that balance, whether it's someone on his coaching staff or, you know, they pick and choose when they're going to fight certain battles with players or how they communicate with players. But there's nothing like a locker room that polices themselves, right? Like if you got veterans that know, like, all right, coaches, you guys can step out. We got this one. That That's something that every good team should able should be able to have. But it always depends on the, the person who's receiving the message and their upbringing and their respect level for whether it's a veteran guy or it's the coaching staff. But just having that, that aspect of the guys being able to police themselves in the locker room, that's huge because, once again, as a player, you get pissed off at the coaches. And the coaches sometimes get pissed off at you. Everyone has a job to do. But you can't get pissed off too long at your teammates because you're with them all day, mm. every day. And those are the people you, you ultimately respect, especially if they carry themselves with respect and leadership qualities. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about just a spotlight on Scotty, too, because, you know, coming off the rookie of the year season and, you know, just just the flashes of brilliance that he's shown on the court. And, you know, obviously all eyes are going to be on him to, to make another leap this season and continue his path to being a superstar. Like, I feel like the last Raptor player to, to be drafted and have had this level of expectations was really Vince. Um, you know, going back to your era. Um, and this is kind of like the gift and the curse of like being a really talented player. It's like, you know, you know, we always talk about development not being a linear process and guys are going to have to go through their ups and downs and fight through these slumps. Like sometimes I feel like Alvin, like that's that's really hard for these guys, especially when I think about Scotty. Like he's only 21. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things we don't we don't consider. We don't consider day-to-day what Scotty is going through. Like I got a chance firsthand to see Vince and then just like him just coming right out of the box and becoming a superstar pretty much overnight. And then the expectations. And I start seeing Vince's demeanor change a bit. I start seeing him being a little more testy and a little more impatient with people. And then he had to grow into that role. Like, all right, this is what superstardom looks like. This is what these high expectations look like. And this is how I got to conduct myself in order to, you know, achieve these things that I need to achieve for myself and the team. So, once again, to your to you guys' point, having those vets that's been through it and that can talk you through it, that that's something that that's big. And Scotty's going through these things, right? He's rookie of the year. He's coming to the this second season with high expectations, and game plans are you know against him. Players are stepping up, doing more. So you gotta you gotta figure all of these things out. And then off the court, who knows what's going on off the court? Psychologically, a lot of it, it comes down to that. Mm. A lot of things like play a part, you know, in someone's head and they can't perform the way they want to perform or where we feel like they should be performing. But at the end of the day, he has something that a lot of players don't have and that ability, that talent, and then that desire to be good. Like I watch him work out. I watch him work out with Rico Hines. I watch him work out with Earl Watson. He works out. So he has that ability and he has that temperament to be good. I think the only thing that I've seen that was a change from this year and last year, once again, it's his emotions. And sometimes that tie into, you know, putting pressure on yourself 
and expecting certain things out of yourself and others. And if it's not coming right away, then emotionally you're not you're not there. So emotionally, I would love to see him control that a little more and then stick to really getting back to playing basketball the way he can play basketball. Yeah. Alvin, thanks for your perspective. Thanks for your wisdom on that. And, um, hey, listen, if Nick might need you in the rotation, man. The rotation's quite thin tonight. So, um, you know, I hope you, I hope you wear I some sneakers tonight. If, if, if Nick needs me, then we're all in trouble. <laughs> no. We're all in trouble. All right. All right, Alvin. Good luck on the game tonight, all right? Have a good one, guys. Thank all right. You. Thank you. Alvin Williams, Raptors point guard. No, Alvin always coming through with the sage advice, man, for real. Yeah, actually, no. And I think the it's it's great that you asked that question about Vince because there's only a few number of people who are able to get to that point where people actually expect them though, uh, these things of these these players, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we're not coming to these games against OKC being like, I, I need, I'm expecting OG to give me 40. I'm expecting OG to set guys up. Yeah. I'm expecting Gary to, you know, hit 10 threes no there's a reason why we do not doing like a 20 minute segment breaking down like non-negotiables for like thad young you know what i mean no but you know what i mean the non-negotiable is tell everybody (laughs) they're special on the team man yeah no No, i mean salute to thad though but no seriously though i I think there's there's an entirely different psychology Mm -hmm. when you're the athlete that like again you and i 99 percent of people in the world can never really relate to yeah so when you ask them these things and hear their perspective you understand a lot more in terms of how they're playing and how they're performing yeah even aside from all this stuff that we sort of understand about basketball sort of like more conceptually, like when these people actually have to go out and, and compete and deal with expectations and deal with defenses playing you differently or deal with playing through physical ailments and stuff like that, like it's you're, – you're a much more understanding, I guess, once you hear it. Yeah, I just want to be more self-aware of it because I know like especially if Scotty continues to struggle, like, you know, I think, you know, ourselves and like everyone watching the team is going to be very critical of him because of the expectations. But at sure, the same sure. time – you know, it, like you mentioned, it's just hard to understand how hard it is once you get thrusted into that spotlight, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's tiring. It's tiring when you have, you know, people kind of watching your every move. But at the same time, you know, like, when I'm watching a game against OKC and I hear them audibly still complaining to the ref about, like, missing a travel call, like, three possessions later <laughs> after it happened, I'm just like, man, like, you know, I don't want that body language. But he's a 21-year-old kid trying to figure it out, right? Like, I'm just trying to remind myself of that, mm-hmm. too, sometimes, because, like, think... Like you said, it's it's just hard to put ourselves in, in those shoes. Yeah, exactly. like it, it's it must be annoying. It must be annoying to to not be able to kind of develop and grow at yeah. your job without all this like public scrutiny. Yeah, well, which is why I always say it shouldn't be a daily show. It should be a okay monthly show. Well, fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah. You could take that up with HR. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, still still hasn't gotten a reply on that. No, so. who was it that said like you, you know you you pay you get you get paid in professional sports for all this stuff off the off the field or off right. the pitch. You play the game for free. Who who said that? I don't know, but okay. that's uh, sounds like something Alvin Williams would say. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, but anyway. now but now it is time for between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. So like we mentioned, Will, the Raptors are without three starters tonight, Fred, Pascal, and Gary. Precious is also out. Kem Birch is questionable. Yep. But the line for tonight's game at Bet Rivers, the Raptors are four and a half point favorites. Favorites. At Detroit. Now, you at know, the Pistons. Yeah. So we're going to get into this wow. game, but I know that you did a lot of diligent research about yes. the entire era of Dwayne Casey versus the Raptors. And this has been a running joke, and it's just not funny anymore. The fact oh, we're it's still talking. 
the fact that we're still talking about this, what year are we on right now? 2022? Mm. Like, the fact that this is still a thing every time the Raptors play the Pistons. Oh, it's a but, thing. But you've got all the notes here, so I'm going to let you just, you know, run with this. You you did a whole recap oh, yeah. of, the, of the era so far. Okay, so uh, this is the Casey curse. Or the, the, this is the Casey Cup every time that the, oh, the, the, the Dwayne Casey plays the Raptors. So obviously he got let go when he won, you know, Coach of the Year. And then, you know, the Raptors won the championship. So blah, blah, everyone knows that, right? Um, since he took over with the Pistons, uh, the Raptors are 3-9 and nine against Detroit in that stretch. Uh, the stats are that Dwayne Casey is 9-3 and three against the Raptors and 98-206 and 206 versus everyone <laughs> else. Okay? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, three times the Raptors have been swept in a season series against Yo, that's Detroit. Not, that's not even possible. Man. Including in 2019 when the Raptors won the championship. Uh, the Raptors got swept that year. Then the Tampa year they got swept. And then last year they got swept. And so I kind of wanted to go through and look at those. Luckily, I write 10 things for every game. And so I literally went back into the archives and read 10 things on like the score. Has your team won a game yet? I mean, <laughs> no, actually. Um, <laughs> Where's that from? <laughs> I, I think that's from Murdoch Mysteries, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, shout out to Nick and his many endeavors. Um so I went back, you know, on the archives of the score, on the archives of Raptors Republic, on the archives of Yahoo, and, yeah. and, and, and here at Sportsnet as well, to look at the notes. And so so 2018, everyone knows this game. This is the first game Dwayne came back to Toronto. Um, he got a big, you know, standing ovation and stuff like that. He deserved it. He really did, right? Um, that game was pretty much in the Raptors' favor. They, they were up by 19 mm. in the second half. They blow it. Oh, I know. I know. I know. John bet on the Raptors that game. <laughs> ultimately, Reggie Bullock hits the game winner on a, like a weird uh, backdoor kind of cut or whatever. Dwayne Casey's jumping up in there, and a, a couple of uh, underrated notes from that game. He mm. instead of going down the tunnel, which uh, when you watch Raptor games, you'll notice that all the players and coaches go down the same tunnel, right? Right, because that's where the locker rooms are. The directions are right there. Dwayne Casey, who was worked in Toronto for like seven years before that, went down the other tunnel <laughs> just to not oh, see man. Nick, I, I would have assuming. But anyway, that was a great moment for him and lose that game, right? Raptor shot 420 from three, by the way, in that game. Mm. Uh, this is with Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard on the roster and Kyle Lowry. All right. Uh, Did fast- Kawhi play that game? Oh, he played. Yeah, oh, he got shot down God. by Stanley Johnson. Uh, these are real things that happened. So in, glad in he left Pistons for the game. Clippers. Um, March 3rd, 2019, the Raptors win in, uh, the Pistons win in overtime, right? No Kawhi in this game. I don't like this next note. Jeremy Lin mm. got the start. People f- forget that Jeremy Lin started a couple games with the Raptors, shot 0 of 8 from the field. <sighs> all right, that's tough. That's a tough one for us, all right? But the Raptors lose, right? Then two <sighs> weeks later, March 17th, 2019, the Raptors have their full squad. Kawhi's playing. They're heading to the, you know, Marcus Gasol's on the team now. They're, they're, they're headed for the playoffs. Uh, Pistons, actually, that year, they were actually decent. They, I think they were the eighth seed, something sure. like that. But um, oh yeah, they got swept by Milwaukee in the yes, first round. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, the Raptors just straight up lose. And the only reason this was notable is because I literally quit Raptors Public that day. Oh, not because of the, the loss. <laughs> it, it's just the timing. I got another job. But yeah. So um, yeah. Anyway, that was my last uh, post for Raptors Public. That was like uh, after a five year period of writing for them. It was just funny. Um, twenty twenty. Right. Uh, the 2019 season, the Raptors beat the Pistons three times. One note, by the way, to pass along is that uh, the Raptors had one game where three Raptors got hurt in the same game. Marcus Saul, Norm Powell, and Pascal Siakam. That was yeah, the I first time that. he hurt his groin. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that, that really sucked. But anyway, so the Raptors still win three L. times. So it's still an L. He's still an L, oddly yeah. enough. You're right. Um, but the next season, this is the Tampa season, right? Some truly, truly strange things start happening. First off, the Raptors play the Pistons three times in the same month. 
all in March. The first game, they lose 129 to 105. The Raptors allowed 43 points in the first quarter where all 16 <laughs> of the Pistons' baskets were assisted. Uh, Speed Mihailik started that game for Detroit, scored 17. Wayne Ellington had 25. Mason Plumley had a triple-double. Saban Lee had 20 points. Uh, same game, I think... Dennis Smith Jr. also had a triple-double. Rodney Magruder had 20. Sergio Scariolo coached that game. Um, no, they turned into the 2014 Spurs in this game. Man. I, Dwayne Casey <laughs> issued a coach's challenge on Chris Boucher's drive with four minutes left with his team up 22 points. That's, you know a, that's I mean? an unsportsmanlike foul. That's, that's, <laughs> that should have been a flagrant on Dwayne, man. Okay. Oh, All right. my God. By the way, the Raptors that game started Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, Aaron Baines, Terrence Davis, and Utah Watanabe. Okay, maybe not a surprise that they lost. Then two weeks later, they play once again, 116 to 112. Uh, I think Pascal and Fred shot a com- like combined 6 of 25. They were just coming off of COVID. Norm had 43. Uh, Mason Plumley 10 and 14 again. Josh Jackson, who became a Raptor, and then the Raptors cut him, had 16, 5, and 6. Raptors lose that game. Then March 29, 2021, Raptors lose by 14 points. The Raptors bench is outscored 65 to 24. Oh, Corey might, Joseph has 17 that tonight, points. Yeah. All right. See that and then real quickly, last season, November 13th, the Raptors lose 127 to 121 from 10 things. All right. This is what I wrote at the time. The Pistons managed 78 points on Friday and 127 points on Sunday. Oh, against I remember the Raptors. this. On Friday, they it, played Sacramento. They doubled yeah. their point out total. From one game to the next. This, okay? was, when, this was when Fred was out because he did the Sam Cassell dance yes. against Philly earlier in the week. And apparently and then, groin. And then Goron had to come in in a spot start. Yes. And after the game, he was like, yeah, man, they didn't tell me till I got to the arena. I was exhausted. <laughs> he was like, I wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to work uh, at all in his Raptors tenure. So whatever, right? Cade crosses up OG oh, twice man. down the stretch for some clutch buckets. Raptors lose the game. January 14th, Raptors lose 103 to 87. Trey Lyles with 21. Hamadou Diallo with 18. Raptors shoot 32% from the field as a team. Pure struggle ball. And then March 3rd, 2022. So this is the third straight year the Raptors play the Pistons on March 3rd. They lose 108 to 106. Raptors trying to make a comeback in the fourth quarter. It doesn't happen. Nick Nurse is ejected. Gary shoots 422. <laughs> anyway, strange stuff happens when the Raptors play the Pistons, but yeah. the end result is the same. The Pistons win, and they win emphatically. Take the Pistons tonight, please. Okay, so the pick is Pistons plus four and a half. I understand the Pistons yes. are really bad. Okay. Don't worry. Like the the Pistons have been really bad every single season. Yeah. Listen, I'm it not just gonna, keeps happening. I'm Plus, the Raptors have nobody who's healthy, right? It's hard so. to fault the Raptors if if they come up short tonight. But like we talked about, just want to see the effort, man. Mm. Let's just see the effort. So that was between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. I think that does it for us for today, then. Yeah. Well, um, I've been your host, Willu. That's Alex Wong. You've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sports' YouTube channel and airing live on Sports at 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wan. Thanks to Alvin Williams and board producer Derek Brindale and Jennifer Rowland for helping us with the YouTube stream. Go get tickets to the live event. Once again, check it out on my social. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you tomorrow, hopefully after a win. <laughs>